0: Good morning, it's day 30, two days to go until the end of the Dry January challenge and I really am hoping that you're thinking about extending it to a 90 day challenge. I'm Louisa Evans and I'm a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist and I'm also a self-professed sober rebel. I've pulled together lots of information, lots of research and things I've picked up along the way in my professional life and also in my sober life. So I hope you've enjoyed this series so far and that it's helped you. Today we're going to talk about creating a meaningful life. We talked yesterday about building your sober identity because you have so much clarity and purpose and time on your hands when you're not drinking so what is a meaningful life and why have i chosen that for the penultimate topic in this series i read an amazing book a few years ago and it's one that i advise all my clients to read in fact anyone to read and it's a book called why has nobody told me this before and it's written by dr julie smith and the reason i recommend it so strongly is because in it she covers everything they should be teaching in schools It's everything that adults and children should know about their own mental health. And it's got some amazing tips and tools and techniques in there, some of which I use in clinic. Dr. Julie is like a social media superstar. So she's a clinical psychologist, but she also shares in a really engaging way, lots of different nuggets and snippets of mental health information on her Instagram channel. And she wrote the book, to become your mental health toolbox. So there's different tools for different challenges. So if you're facing stress or anxiety or low mood or a lack of confidence, or even grief, she gives you ideas for processing how you're feeling and gives you new ways to get perspective on things and strategies to help you cope. And when it comes to the topic of a meaningful life, she's dedicated a couple of chapters to this. And the first thing that she really asks you to think about is working out what matters to you. Now, in this vein, I encouraged you in this series to look at your values and to work out which values resonate with you. But what do you do with that once you have your values? If you're checking in on them, making sure that you're living in line with your values and using them as a benchmark to make decisions, that's one thing. But the other thing that Dr. Julie recommends is to actually take some time and work out how you can incorporate those values into your everyday life. Are there things, day-to-day behaviours, that you could engage in that sit in line with those values? So things like a value of lifelong learning, of curiosity or of personal growth. You could make sure that you regularly read, study or challenge yourself with exams or maybe performing in some way if you're a musician or an artist But things that push and expand those skills and promote learning are a really brilliant way of incorporating that value into your everyday life. And actually, this is a tool I've used for a number of years, way before I was a therapist. It's the wheel of life, I call it. And it's where you take the different areas of your life and you just score them out of 10. So, everything from your learning, your family, money, your work your creativity, your relationships, your health and well-being and you plot them on a circle and you score them out of 10 and you do this regularly. You revisit those items like getting a bird's eye view and you can notice if those scores dip down. Maybe career is going really well and scoring really high but then you're noticing that the family score is lower because you're spending all of your time at work. So doing that regular values check-in or journaling or self-reflection in any way is always a really good idea. And she gives you some great questions to consider here to help you prompt that self-reflection. And living a meaningful life is just so individual. What's important to me won't be important to you and vice versa. But if you were to sit there on a regular basis and think, okay, what does this next chapter of my life look like? Because for me as a drinker, I didn't want to do too much self reflection, introspection, because the biggest voice in my head was saying to me, quit drinking, cut back on drinking, stop drinking, give it up. I didn't want to listen to it. So, whereas I would do a certain amount of self reflection, I'd only get so far. What's really key is being able to sit there in an honest way and say, okay, What do I need to think of for this next part of my life? So for me, I've addressed the sobriety side of things. Where do we go from there? How can I build on it? How can I build a more meaningful life in a way that's meaningful to me? And there are some really great exercises online. You can have a look at Dr. Julie's book. You now know what's important to you. And you now know really what's going to make up that meaningful life now that you have this time and clarity. So what goals are you striving for? Is there something you're working towards alongside your sobriety? Is there something you've always wanted to do or always wanted to achieve, but you've told yourself you can't or that it's too late because it is never too late to do anything. It's all about working in those day-to-day repeated behaviours that keep you moving forward to where you want to go. And for some people, they need support with their mental health and Just treading water is enough. Just focusing on not drinking is enough. These are ideas that are for the future. But for other people, they may think, do you know what? I've done that. I feel like I want to now have the checklist of my life and deal with the other things because sobriety opens up time. So why don't people do it? Why do people put goals off? We know some of that is to do with the comfort zone. But when we decide it's time for a change, there can be a tendency to come up with a huge, radical new goal, like losing a load of weight or running a marathon or climbing a mountain. And having that goal is not enough to ensure that your life changes and stays changed. It's too easy to run away from it. So what you need to do is visualise the person that you want to be, that you intend to be, and that big goal but then sit there with pen and paper and turn those ideas into concrete, sustainable actions that can create that reality for you. So if it's that you have this big weight loss goal, what are you going to do today to make that happen? And it isn't about suddenly radically changing too much at once. Is it going to the gym more? Is it walking more? If your goal is to run a marathon, rather than suddenly setting off and saying, right, I'm going to do a 10K today and you haven't moved off the couch for the last six months. It's about saying, right, I'm just going to go and run 5K and I'm going to walk most of it until I feel I can and see how I feel. And I've done it myself. I have these fitness goals. I go all out, I blow myself out and then I'm injured or I can't do it after that. So it's about making sure those little actions aren't too far out of the comfort zone. So with all the information that we've covered in this series, it should give you a good grounding as to what can build good habits. Now you're breaking the bad habits, but how do you build up and make those good habits sustainable? Linking your intentions to your sense of identity is really important because that allows the new behaviors to continue way beyond that initial goal. Otherwise you'll do the thing and then you'll stop. One of the other things I love about Dr. Julie's book is that when it comes to talking about a meaningful life, she does have sections in there on relationships and what makes up a healthy relationship, healthy attachments versus anxious attachments. So, that need for frequent reassurance that you're loved and that the other person isn't about to abandon you. Having secure attachments in your relationships. The biggest key thing I think I've learnt with relationships is that you both have to be working on your own mental health. If you don't, you're going to bring the problems that you've accumulated over the years into your interactions and your communications, the misunderstandings that can happen. So any work you do on yourself helps your relationships, your friendships and any connections you have in life. And that all helps to build that meaningful life. So if you're living in line with your values, if you're clear as to your identity, if you're setting manageable but challenging goals and then having actionable steps towards those goals, it will all equate to a feeling of life being meaningful. And for some people, that's about volunteering. That's about being part of a bigger cause. For other people, that's about being present in their family and making sure that their nearest and dearest are cared for. And for me, my life and its meaning has changed over the years. I think when you're younger, the meaning of your life is very much based around your friends and your social circle and your education and your career. And then it becomes more about your family and your loved ones. And then over time, as children get older, I'm not at that stage yet, but I can imagine it's going to evolve then further. So what was once important to you might not be now. What was important to you as a drinker, might not be important to you as a sober person i would have told you that going out for meals and going to the pub and socializing was an incredibly important part of my life but what was really important to me was drinking the drug drinking the drink now i've removed that i do enjoy a meal out i do enjoy going to the pub and having an alcohol-free version and having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee But if you were looking at where I wanted to spend my money or spend my time or where I wanted to socialise with people, so what creates meaningful time and meaningful relationships for me in my life has actually changed in sobriety. I'm not suddenly boring or a stick in the mud. In fact, I think sitting in the four walls of the same pub every weekend, weekend after weekend after weekend, that now seems boring to me. I'd far rather go travelling or go and see somebody or go and visit some place new and sit there in a present way than go back to the same locations or equally as I used to travel to the new places, but then zone myself out with an alcoholic drink. I think creating a meaningful life is such a massive topic, but if you can have the pillars of good mental health, Those things that you're doing on a regular basis that are individual to you that you know make you feel good. You know if you feel good after meditation or if you feel good after yoga practice or going to the gym or journaling or walking the dog. You know what's important to you. And you can also then tell and notice by being vigilant and being present and being aware that if you didn't do those things at any point... How would that affect your mental health? Do you start then noticing that you feel a bit off kilter? So a meaningful life is all about creating a life that's meaningful to you and being open to new things and being open to new ways of looking at things. Society's told us that what's meaningful is going out and getting blasted every weekend or spending our money on meals out or consuming things. And now's the time to look at it and go, what is a meaningful life? I'll admit, it's something that I constantly ponder these days, and it's changing and evolving all the time. If you'd like to find out more about my story, then you can head to my website, louisaevans.com, where you'll find lots of useful links, including a link to my audiobook on Audible. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free. You may like to follow me on Instagram at sobriety. All of the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you tomorrow.